And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint. Today I'm going to be talking about U.S. presidents and giving you a ton of fun facts about them, ranging from their favorite foods to the pets that they owned to events that happened in their childhoods. So first up is George Washington. He was the first person to write a signature on the Constitution, and regardless of what you might have heard, his dentures were not made of wood. They were actually made of hippopotamus ivory, bone, animal and human teeth, that's gross, lead, brass screws, and gold wire. And I can imagine that his food tasted like some of that stuff in his mouth, because like lead and gold wire. That sounds terrible, but maybe it wasn't for him. We're kind of spoiled with our like dental care and everything nowadays. You also may be familiar with the story of how he died from getting sick in the cold. Um, he actually was out in the rain riding his horse. He got all soaked and everything, and he didn't want to be late to dinner, so he stayed in his wet clothes. And I guess studies have said that maybe he caught cold from that. And when the doctors arrived after he told Martha, his wife, that he wasn't feeling well, they bled him to try to get rid of the bad blood. And then they bled him again four more times over the next eight hours, which cost him a total blood loss of 40%. It's probably the doctor's fault that he died so rapidly after catching cold. Washington was also not affiliated with a political party but he was more of a federalist and he was only president for one term. He didn't want to run again because he didn't want to assume the power of a monarch because going along with the reason why people fled from England, we wanted to be a free democratic country and he didn't want to rule like a king. Next, we have John Adams, the second president. He hated Jefferson after a while. As you guys might know, they had extreme beef, but before that beef started, he and Jefferson actually visited Shakespeare's home in Stratford-upon-Avon and they took some of the furniture. I think it was a chair or they chipped a chair or something and kept it as a souvenir. And that's pretty interesting. Next is Thomas Jefferson. He invented the swivel chair. He hated public speaking and he kept two quite good-humored grizzly bear cubs in the White House for a few months. And both Adams and Jefferson died on the same day which was Independence Day of 1826, the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. Jefferson was also very interested in Greek and Roman classical architecture. He went to Europe a lot. He was very into the arts. And Andre Palladio was an architect from the late 1500s in Italy, and he became known for designing villas, or villas in classical Latin. He designed the Villa Rotonda, which is still privately owned, and he wrote a book about architecture. It was a how-to book on how to carve and build like he did, and it included measurements, plans, and everything else that somebody would need to know in order to build a home styled after Greek classical buildings. The book was called The Four Books of Architecture, and Jefferson actually had a copy of this book and he designed his home based on what he read about from Palladio. So I think that's pretty cool. European 1500s classical architecture made its way to the United States because of Jefferson. James Madison is next up. He was five foot four, so two inches taller than me. <laughs> and he was our smallest president. 
I read somewhere that he weighed a hundred pounds. So he was a little, little tiny man. He ran unopposed for his reelection, which hadn't happened since George Washington. And he, as the last surviving founding father, died on July 4th, just like Adams and Jefferson, but five years after they died in 1831. James Monroe, our fifth president, he chased his secretary of treasury around the White House with fire tongs in self-defense because the two of them had gotten into an argument. John Quincy Adams, he studied dance in Europe as a boy and he liked it. And he called dancing one of the most innocent and rational amusements that was ever invented. He attended dances from college through his 80th birthday and he said it was petty to make fun of bad dancers. An alligator was also given to him by De Lafayette and the gator actually lived in the White House bathroom. Yeah, I bet that was a surprise to the guests. Next up is Andrew Jackson, one of my dad's favorite presidents. He actually taught his parrot to curse. Found in volume three of Andrew Jackson and Early Tennessee History, the book, is an excerpt that talks about the parrot actually causing a commotion at Jackson's funeral. And it reads, Before the sermon and while the crowd was gathering, a wicked parrot that was a household pet got excited and commenced swearing so loud and so long as to disturb the people and had to be carried from the house. Only Jackson would have a pet parrot and teach it to curse. He also had a gigantic wheel of cheese at a party. Jackson also held an open house after his swearing-in ceremony and addressed to Congress. The crowd swelled to more than 20,000 people, turning the usually dignified White House into a boisterous mob scene. Some guests stood on furniture in muddy shoes, while others rummaged through rooms looking for the president, breaking dishes, crystal, and grinding food into the carpet along the way. The servants set up washtubs full of juice and whiskey on the White House lawn. Martin Van Buren. Van Buren is known for being the first president born in the new nation, the United States of America. What's not as well known is that his OK campaign slogan was inspired by one of his nicknames, Old Kinderhook. A pair of tiger cubs was given to him by the Sultan of Omen that Congress made him send to the zoo. William Henry Harrison. Because his political opposition had tried to make him out to be someone who only wants to be home in a log cabin drinking, he responded by handing out whiskey in bottles shaped like log cabins. Savage. <laughs> Harrison gave the longest inauguration speech ever, 8,445 words over 90 minutes long, on a wet, cold day in 1841 and died 33 days later from becoming ill. John Tyler. John Tyler fathered 15 children, which was more than any other U.S. president. He had eight children with his first wife, Letitia, and in 1844, he married Julia Gardner, with whom he had another seven children. The 91-year-old grandson of the 10th American president spends his days in a Virginia nursing home. Supposedly, his grandchild is actually still alive today. That's even possible because he and his wife had such a huge age difference between them. He still fathered children throughout his 60s, and he followed his father's path by having Harrison while he was 75 and his wife was 39. That really connects history that feels like it was ages ago with like modern times, which is kind of scary, but also cool at the same time. One newspaper editor also called Tyler a poor, miserable, despised imbecile when he died 
flags were not set at half mass. And this was because his party, which was Whig, he was on the Whig ticket when he was elected, actually removed him from that party because all of his policies soon proved to be opposed to what most of the Whig agenda was. James Polk. The Washington Monument was erected and the country's first postage stamps were issued under his presidency. So he got a lot done while he was in the White House. He banned booze, card playing, and dancing, though, so maybe he wasn't so much fun. Zachary Taylor. Zach Taylor is also known for refusing to be sworn in on Inauguration Day because it fell on a Sunday that year. He was officially sworn in the following day. Taylor snacked on a bunch of cherries and washed it down with iced milk. Apparently bacteria was present in either the cherries or the milk, leading to his death a few days later. According to medical records that I've read through, most of them say that it was cholera. And this snacking happened on the 4th of July. Millard Fillmore. I don't really like him that much because the Trail of Tears and all that happened and he didn't do anything about it. And I don't think he was a great person. He married his school teacher, and even the White House website calls him an uninspiring man. Franklin Pierce. His party refused to renominate him, and to that he replied, there is nothing left to do but get drunk. He also tried to make Cuba a part of the United States. James Buchanan. James Buchanan is said to have had a pair of bald eagles, and he was the only president who never married and lived the rest of his life out as a single man. Abraham Lincoln. He had such a tumultuous presidency that we really only recognized him for keeping the country together and the Emancipation Proclamation, but he was also surprisingly good at wrestling in his younger days. He was only defeated once out of roughly 300 matches and later given the honor of Outstanding American in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Andrew Johnson. His mother actually sent him and his brother away to be apprentices, and he was a tailor's apprentice, and he applied the knowledge that he learned to make his own suits while serving as president. It is also known that President Johnson left flour out at night for a family of white mice playing in his room during his dark days of impeachment. Ulysses Grant. Grant couldn't stand the sight of blood, which is ironic considering his Civil War history, and he dismantled the Ku Klux Klan during his presidency. They unfortunately regrouped decades later. And that's just another piece of information that goes to show that the KKK were not Republicans. Grant also had a penchant for driving fast. In fact, while serving as president, he was pulled over twice in the span of 24 hours for driving his horse and buggy too fast through the streets of Washington, D.C. Rutherford Hayes. The victor of one of the most disputed elections ever, he lost the popular vote by 250,000, but won in the Electoral College by a single vote, earning him the nicknames Ruther Fraud and his fraudulency. He was also called Granny Hayes because he didn't drink, smoke, or gamble. James Garfield. And I feel like he's really underappreciated because all you know about him is that he was assassinated. He was actually ambidextrous and could write in Greek with one hand and Latin in the other at the same time. So not only was he ambidextrous, he was multilingual. When he was shot, doctors tried using a newly invented metal detector to locate the bullet, but the metal bed springs kept messing up the results, leading the doctors to cut in the wrong places. So once again, I'm gonna blame the doctors for his untimely death. He would have died anyway, probably from the bullet wounds, but maybe he wouldn't have died as fast if the doctors had cut in the right places and possibly removed the bullets. Chester Arthur. 
Arthur wanted the White House completely redecorated, and he earned the nickname Elegant Arthur. In order to buy all the stuff that he needed to redecorate, he actually sold a ton of items from the White House, including some of Lincoln's belongings. Grover Cleveland, the first president to be married while in office. He married a woman who was 27 years younger than him. Another interesting fact about him is part of his jaw was made of vulcanized rubber as a result of a secret surgery on a friend's yacht because he possibly had jaw cancer. And he must have loved animals because he had a cocker spaniel, collies, St. Bernard's, dachshund, foxhounds, canaries, and mockingbirds, which belonged to his wife, and she had a French poodle. He also had ponies and hundreds of imported fish, including Japanese goldfish and paradise fish. Benjamin Harrison, the human iceberg, which was what some people called him for being stiff around them, but maybe he just had social anxiety. And back then, there really wasn't a focus on mental health issues. And anybody who had any kind of anxiety or mental health disorder or anything like that was seen as a crazy person. They were either sent straight to a psych ward or people didn't understand why they acted the way they did. Benjamin Harrison was the grandson of President William H. Harrison. And while he was the first president to benefit from electricity in the White House, he was actually terrified of being electrocuted and he refused to touch the light switches. So if he was able to get them on, he wouldn't turn them off. So he would go to bed with the lights on. William McKinley. And I kind of feel bad for McKinley because nobody recognizes him. He was a pretty good president. His assassination was terrible, but not spoken about as much as Lincoln's and Kennedy's. William McKinley had a Mexican parrot named Washington Post, and he considered red carnations a good luck charm and always wore one on his jacket. He actually gave a carnation to his little daughter right before he was assassinated. Theodore Roosevelt. Teddy was actually shot in the chest during a speech, and he declared to the crowd that he didn't care a rap about being shot and finished his speech before seeking medical treatment. It was likely the manuscript in his chest pocket that saved his life. And on Valentine's Day in 1884, both his first wife and his mother died. A page from his journal that day read, The light has gone out of my life. That's sad but I feel like he didn't let many people see the sensitive side of him because he was pretty rowdy and sickly, so he knew that he had to get everything done and live his life to the fullest before he died. William Howard Taft. Taft is a cool guy. I also feel like he's not talked about that much. He was the last president to have facial hair while in office, and upon becoming Chief Justice in 1921, he happily declared, I don't even remember that I was ever president. So that's cool. He was a Supreme Court justice. He was also the first president to give the presidential first pitch. Hall of Famer Walter Johnson managed to snag a low-flying ball that Taft graciously lobbed from the stands at the start of a 1910 Washington Senators game. 104 years later, this opening day tradition is still going strong. Then in the next upcoming election, Taft ran again and Teddy Roosevelt ran again. But Teddy actually ran under the Bull Moose Party affiliation and Taft ran as a Republican, which split the Republicans' votes and allowed Woodrow Wilson an easy win. In 1919, incredible stress led Wilson to experiencing a series of strokes. He was left partially paralyzed and almost blind, but stayed in office until 1921. 
Wilson reinstated the practice of delivering the State of the Union address as a speech in person in 1913, which Jefferson had previously made into a written document due to his fears of public speaking. Or maybe not fears, he just didn't like it for whatever reason. A portrait of Wilson graces a currency few of us have ever seen in real life, the $100,000 bill. These bills were created for trade between the Federal Reserve Banks, but wire transfers made them obsolete. Next we have Warren Harding. There's not really that much about him, but he actually lost a set of White House china in a poker game. Harding also spoke out against lynchings of African Americans. He also ordered desegregation in the White House and in the District of Columbia. Warren G. Harding's parents, George Tyrant, his parents, George Tryon and Phoebe Elizabeth Dickerson, were both doctors. Calvin Coolidge is next, and I love Calvin Coolidge. I think he was an amazing president. He's really not talked about a lot at all. He has the nickname Silent Cal for being notoriously quiet and not writing a lot compared to other presidents. And he was a Republican, so or even a conservative. And he was a Republican conservative. So naturally, you wouldn't find a lot of information about him in today's media. I'm sure they would despise him, even though he was a really great man. And there are some kind of random facts about him, like this one, for example. He wrote a mechanical horse referred to as Thunderbolt for exercise. So he was ahead of his time. That would be like riding a Bowflex C6 exercise bike or whatever, which is like $800. But he rode a mechanical horse instead. He also used to push all the buttons in the Oval Office and then hide so he could watch the staff run in. He had two pet raccoons, and he believed America must be a country of opportunity, which is amazing, because it is. Maybe not under Biden, but it's supposed to be. And he did not, however, believe the federal government should redistribute wealth among Americans. He said, don't expect to build up the weak by pulling down the strong. You guys should all write that quote down because I think that's really important. While Coolidge was president, he received twin lion cubs as a gift from the mayor of Johannesburg. The White House named the Cubs Budget Bureau and Tax Reduction. Coolidge was sworn into presidency by Taft, because at this time Taft was on the Supreme Court. Coolidge balanced the budget every year he was president from 1923 to 1929 when the stock market crashed. Coolidge and his Treasury Secretary cut income tax rates down to 25%, which was a rate lower than President Ronald Reagan's famous 28% in 1986. Coolidge also believed that Americans of color have the same rights as all other Americans. When, in 1924, a white man wrote to complain about an African-American man running for Congress, Coolidge replied, I was amazed to receive such a letter. An African-American man is precisely as much entitled to submit his candidacy in a party primary as is any other citizen. So take that, progressive liberals who think all conservatives are inherently racist and white supremacist. Because Coolidge didn't seem like that, did he? Okay, now we're moving on to Herbert Hoover. Hoover and his wife lived in China for a time and would speak Mandarin in the White House when they wanted to have a private conversation. He also believed that the White House staff and president should not see each other. This instance led staff to hide in closets and behind bushes whenever he was near. That's terrible. <laughs> he was also sworn into presidency by Taft, just like Coolidge. Franklin D. Roosevelt. 
FDR was terrified of the number 13. He refused to participate in dinner with 13 people or leave any trips on the 13th day of the month. His wife, Eleanor, didn't have to change her last name because her maiden name was Roosevelt when she married him because they were fifth cousins once removed. Ooh. Her uncle and his cousin, Teddy, walked her down the aisle. FDR also insisted that he would be the only one who should feed his dog, Fala. He even made Fala an honorary army private during World War II. Fala was so popular with the press and American public that he became the subject of a comic strip and MGM even made two movies about him. Moving on to Harry Truman. Harry met his wife Bess at Sunday school when he was just six years old and his parents couldn't decide on a middle name so after about a month, they decided on the letter S to honor his grandfather, Solomon Young, and Anderson Ship Truman. So the S doesn't actually stand for any name, it's just an initial to honor his grandparents. Dwight Eisenhower. He changed the name of FDR's presidential Maryland retreat from Shangri-La to Camp David. His reason? Shangri-La was, quote, just a little too fancy for a Kansas farm boy. He was an avid golfer who got extremely frustrated by squirrels, ruining the putting green, and tried to order a squirrel assassination. The squirrels were trapped and released elsewhere instead. John F. Kennedy. JFK received $1 million on his 21st birthday. All nine brothers and sisters got the same, but that generosity did not extend to the Harvard recommendation letter that his father wrote for him. He wrote that John was careless and lacks application, but he got in anyway. He's also known for the space age and social justice accomplishments while he was in office. Lyndon Johnson. He was enlisted in World War II, and he was supposed to board a plane called the Cannonball for his one and only bombing mission to the South Pacific, but he had to use the bathroom really badly, so he got off and went to the bathroom. By the time he got back, the plane was gone, and it ended up crashing and everyone on the plane perished. So if he never had to use the bathroom that badly, we never would have had LBJ as a president. Richard Nixon. I feel bad for him because his whole presidency has gotten smeared with the Watergate scandal. If you search him up online, everything's gonna talk about his impeachment and his resignation and everything, but Nixon actually loved to bowl, and he loved it so much that he had a one-lane alley put in the basement of the White House. As a student, Nixon was third in his class and was offered a tuition grant to Harvard, but he was needed at home by his family, so he had to decline. He also came up later on in his presidency with healthcare reform ideas that would offer every American an opportunity to obtain a balanced, comprehensive range of health insurance benefits. And in my public policy class last semester, my professor was actually saying, oh, conservatives hate comprehensive health care and all this, all these different ideas that seem to be pretty left-leaning. And then she would say, but what they don't know is that one of their own strong conservatives came up with comprehensive health care ideas, Richard Nixon. But Nixon really wasn't a strong conservative. He was a Republican, but he was kind of liberal-leaning, which is fine. Love or hate these presidents, they all served in office for us, and each one of them added something important to the country. Moving on to Gerald Ford. I've never really known too much about President Ford, and I wanted to research more about him so that I could know some more. And his name was actually Leslie King Jr., which I did not have any idea about before, because, you know, I thought his name was Gerald Ford, but it's not, it was Leslie King Jr. His daughter Susan hosted her senior prom at the White House, and imagine being some of her friends getting invited to the White House. Oh my gosh. My class didn't even get a prom. 
but I'm not gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about Susan Ford. I'm sure that she was the popular girl of her class after that. I hope she wasn't mean. I hope she wasn't the mean popular girl. I hope she was like super friendly and popular. Another fact about Gerald Ford is that two different female assassins tried to take his life within a span of 17 days, and he worked as a fashion model while in college and was even on the cover of Cosmopolitan in 1942. I think 1942 or somewhere around that. Next up is Jimmy Carter. He's the oldest living president at 97 years old today, because most of the presidents died off young or they died of old age after, but he's still alive and he made it to 97 and he'll probably, uh, knock on wood, I hope he makes it to 100. But since leaving office, Jimmy Carter has won a Nobel Peace Prize, written books, and helped build over 4,000 homes for Habitat for Humanity. His favorite childhood pastime was sitting with his father in the evenings, listening to baseball games and politics on battery-operated radios. That's really sweet. He also had a tiny Christmas tree. <laughs> that's, that's an obscure fact, but his Christmas tree was tiny and barely decorated. Unlike other past and then future presidents and first ladies who were extremely extravagant with their decorations for Christmas time, but the Carters were simplistic. No, they didn't they didn't put up a lot they just had a small tree and they liked it like that and now we're on to ronald reagan known for his good looks he won the most nearly perfect male figure award and was also a movie star and he even posed for an art class while at the university of california reagan was also shot by a man named john hinckley who had studied reagan's schedule which had been printed in the newspaper and zeroed in on his speech at Hilton. Hinkley fired six shots into the crowd and hit Reagan, a police officer, and Agent McCarthy, and I think a few other people, but I don't know them by name. And Reagan was not only shot, he was in grave danger. He actually coughed up blood after being shoved into a limousine for safety, and the bullets that Hinkley fired were explosive, and the one inside the president could have detonated at any time. Reagan underwent successful surgery, Okay, so we must have had some medical advancements because we know what happened with the last times. But his recovery was not easy. It took him 11 days to return to the White House where he resumed rehabilitation. McCarthy, too, underwent emergency surgery to remove the bullet that had gotten lodged in his neck. And his famous saying that the scariest words in English language were, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, definitely aged well. So props to him. And now on to George H.W. Bush. I really feel terrible for him and I'm glad that this didn't happen today because if it did, it would be all over Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok. He accidentally vomited on the Prime Minister of Japan at a state dinner in Tokyo. That's really terrible and sad and embarrassing. George H.W. Bush also fought in World War II and was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1966. He was also awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross for his World War II service. Bill Clinton. Bill has two Grammys, one for Best Spoken Word Album and another for Best Spoken Word Album for Children. In 1978, he became the youngest governor in the country when he was elected for governor of Arkansas. Regarding his education, he also recalled that, quote, my grandparents had a lot to do with my early commitment to learning. They taught me to count and read, and I was reading little books at the age of three, unquote. Now on to George Bush Jr., so George W., or W. George W. was the captain of the cheerleading team at his high school, which I did not know. 
He was an all-around athlete playing baseball, basketball, and football. He was also popular at Yale, becoming the president of Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity and also playing rugby. Soon after marrying Laura, he joined the United Methodist Church and became a born-again Christian. And I was born while he was president, I just don't remember anything. Moving on to Barack Obama. Now, I don't like Barack for his policies, but I don't dislike him as an individual. As the United States of America's first ever African-American president, he is the son of parents from Kenya and Kansas. His father was from Kenya, his mother was from Kansas, and he was born and raised in Hawaii. He graduated from Columbia University and Harvard Law School, where he was president of the Harvard Law Review. So he's a very educated man, but... He also doesn't like ice cream and has admitted that he has done cocaine before in high school. He was also really good at basketball, earning the nickname Obamer, and graduated with academic honors in 1979. As one of only three black students at the school, he became conscious of racism and what it meant to be African American. Now I know he's gonna put a super liberal, progressive twist on that, but sometimes if you're a person of color, whether you're biracial or African-American or whatever other ethnicity you are that's non-white and you're in an area which is predominantly white, sometimes it is kind of hard to find out where you fit in. It has nothing to do with all the white people being inherently racist. It's just an external thing and usually you can work through it, but we don't blame that on anybody. You can't change your skin tone and be ashamed of your ethnicity. Okay. Moving on to the most notorious president in American history, Donald J. Trump. He was the only president to be impeached twice and acquitted. He starred in a reality television series, The Apprentice, which popularized the phrase, you're fired. My dad has a t-shirt with that on it. Um, Trump has also said that he decided to abstain from drinking alcohol after seeing its effects on his older brother, Freddie, whose alcoholism led to his early death at the age of 43. His grandfather, Frederick Trump, died amidst the Spanish flu in 1918, and Trump has once described handshaking as barbaric due to being a germaphobe. Leave it to him to say that. When it comes to dining, his top picks are steak and pasta, and he's one of our tallest presidents at six foot three. Another fact about Trump, and you might have noticed this before, is that he appears in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York because he owned the Plaza Hotel at the time, and he is pictured giving Kevin directions to the lobby. Excuse me, where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. He's also super polarizing, like half of the country despises him and the other half loves him. His favorite place to go to for vacation is Mar-a-Lago in the Sunshine State of Florida. Moving on to our current president, Joseph Biden. Why would his middle name be Robinette? That middle name is weird to me. It just seems like it's female or something. English nouns with that suffix, the E-T-T-E, -E, that usually designates female roles or female identities. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Joe Biden has been in the public eye for nearly half a century, or a little bit more than that, and he's barely done anything while in it. He said, quote, I can think of nothing else that has ever stripped me of my dignity as quickly and profoundly and as thoroughly as when I stuttered in grade school, unquote. 
He says that he overcame stuttering, but he actually still stutters in all of his speeches. That's kind of sad. He shouldn't even be making speeches because he shouldn't be president. He's unfit mentally. He's also a car enthusiast. And he said that he hopes that he can provide the United States with some comfort and solace. He also says he doesn't smoke or drink, but he eats a lot of ice cream. His presidential campaign has spent $10,000 on ice cream, though it's said that they were gifts to campaign donors. And that is going to conclude my podcast about United States presidents. Tune in next week for the next episode of The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint. You can find my podcast right here on the BMG Network. Thanks for the listen.